Welcome to the September 2023 edition of GCM on the Go. Each month, we provide an audio reading of the feature stories from the latest issue of Gas Compression Magazine. This episode is sponsored by Vanguard Renewables. Beginning in June, AstraZeneca began purchasing renewable natural gas produced by Vanguard Renewables for its Newark campus in Delaware. By 2026, the collaboration will enable the delivery of RNG, resulting in as much as 650,000 MMBTU per year of RNG to be used across AstraZeneca's U.S. sites, equivalent to the energy required to heat more than 17,800 U.S. homes for a year. Vanguard Renewables collects and recycles waste from food and beverage manufacturers, distributors, and retailers and transforms it into renewable energy. Vanguard Renewables accepts, depackages, and processes packaged food and beverage waste, offers manure and nutrient management solutions, and provides utilities, businesses, and other clean energy buyers with zero emission renewable natural gas. To learn how your company can decarbonize its thermal load, visit www.vanguardrenewables.com solutions. This episode is also sponsored by Ultimate Chemicals. Ultimate Chemicals is the number one chemical and services resource for natural gas compression. Based in Moore, Oklahoma, Ultimate Chemicals produces its products right here in the U.S. The company offers a wide range of products specifically designed for the natural gas industry, including its renowned badass degreaser and the number one cooler cleaner, CC300. Ultimate Chemicals offers the most complete line of cooling system flushes. Ultimate Chemicals has the first and only online store featuring all their products for sale directly from ultimatechemicals.com in sizes ranging from one gallon to a 250 gallon tote. Ultimate Chemicals provides several on-site and in-place services for external fin fans, internal chemical circulation, and a variety of custom formulated chemical circulations for natural gas pipelines and gas plants. Visit ultimatechemicals.com to learn how Ultimate Chemicals can get your coolers clean while saving you time and money. That's ultimatechemicals.com. This episode is also sponsored by Chart Industries. Chart Industries is a leading manufacturer of highly engineered equipment servicing multiple applications in the clean energy and industrial gas markets. The strategic combination of Chart and Howden expands the company's offering of products and solutions across the nexus of clean, clean power, clean water, clean food, and clean industrials, allowing Chart to be a one-stop shop for its global customer base. By creating a single point of contact for customers and taking a backward and forward look to integrate across the value chain, Chart is eliminating duplication, simplifying processes, and enabling customer success. To learn more, visit www.chartindustries.com. Now, on to the stories. Next decade's Rio Grande LNG achieves record project financing. Phase one consists of three liquefaction trains, nameplate capacity of 17.6 MTPA by Daniel Felber. Some liquefied natural gas projects like Rio Grande LNG are so large in scale, complex in engineering and far reaching in impact that they appear larger than life. The U.S. Federal Energy Regulatory Commission granted final environmental approval for Rio Grande LNG in April 2019. It then granted construction and operation approval for the LNG terminal, as well as the associated pipeline in November 2019. The project was initially expected to cost $15 billion and enter service in 2023, but was heavily impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic and the decline in natural gas and LNG spot prices. Delays ensued, and the project found itself on the brink of being shelved. Then, the market began turning the corner, and faith was restored in Rio Grande LNG. The real tipping point came in 2022 when Russia's invasion of Ukraine disrupted the global natural gas and LNG market and reminded buyers of the importance of energy reliability and security. On July 12th, more than four years after FERC's initial environmental approval, 
Next Decade made the long-awaited announcement that it had completed a positive final investment decision for Phase 1 of its 27 MTPA Rio Grande export facility in Brownsville, Texas. Phase 1 consists of three liquefaction trains and will have a nameplate capacity of 17.6 MTPA. According to Next Decade, the $18.4 billion received in financing for Rio Grande LNG Phase 1 represents the largest greenfield energy project financing in U.S. history. Rio Grande LNG expects to enter service in 2027. The announcement comes just weeks after Total Energies unveiled a major partnership with Next Decade and Global Infrastructure Partners that has a lot of moving parts. The headline news was that Total Energies is buying a 17.5% stake in Next Decade in three tranches that will total $219 million. The first tranche of 5.06% was completed on June 13th for $40 million. Total Energies didn't say when the next two tranches will be complete. Total Energies is also boosting its LNG portfolio by acquiring a 16.7% interest in Rio Grande LNG Phase 1. Additionally, Total Energies is entering an offtake agreement with Next Decade for 5.4 MTPA of Rio Grande LNG's production. If all goes according to plan, the 20-year deal will pole vault Total Energies' U.S. LNG export capacity above 15 MTPA by 2030. Anticipating further investment, Total Energies has the right to participate in future phases of the project. To help advance its environmental, social, and governance goals, Total Energies plans to participate in next decade's carbon capture and storage project, which will help reduce emissions at Rio Grande LNG. Details of the FID. The Rio Grande LNG export terminal will occupy 750 acres along the northern shore of the Brownsville Ship Channel in Cameron County approximately two miles west of the Port of Isabel and 10 miles east of Bronzeville. Enbridge will build, own, and operate the Rio Bravo pipeline to supply natural gas to Rio Grande LNG. Upon completion, the Rio Bravo pipeline will transport up to 4.5 billion standard cubic feet per day of natural gas from the South Texas Agua Dulce supply area to Rio Grande LNG. The $18.4 billion in Phase 1 project financing is broken down into four major parts. The first is $283 million in Phase 1 investments by next decade, which includes $125 million of pre-FID capital investments. The second is the closing of a $700 million senior-secured, non-recourse private placement notes offering. The third is the closing of $5.9 billion in financial commitments from Total Energies, GIP, and Mubadala Investment Company. Finally, the remaining $11.6 billion in project financing is coming from senior-secured, non-recourse bank credit facilities consisting of $11.1 billion in construction term loans and a $500 million working capital facility. In addition to the FID, Next Decade announced that 92% of Rio Grande LNG Phase 1's nameplate capacity has already been contracted under long-term binding LNG sale and purchase agreements with Total Energies, Shell, ENN LNG, NG, ExxonMobil LNG Asia-Pacific, Guangdong Energy Group, China Gas Hongda Energy Trading Co., GALP Trading, and Atucha Corp. Cost Breakdown Next decade broke down the cost of the project, with the majority of expenditures around $12 billion being allocated toward engineering, procurement, and construction efforts. Next decade issued the notice to proceed to Bechtel Energy to begin construction of Phase 1 under its lump sum turnkey EPC contract. Other costs include $2.3 billion in owner's costs and contingencies, 
dredging for the Brazos Island Harbor Channel Improvement Project, conservation of more than 4,000 acres of wetland and wildlife habitat area, installation of utilities of approximately $600 million, and interest during construction and other financing costs of approximately $3.1 billion. Bechtel has begun the process of handing out contracts to various original equipment manufacturers. For example, Baker Hughes has been awarded an order by Bechtel to supply three main refrigerant compressors. In total, Baker Hughes will supply six Frame 7 gas turbines paired with 18 centrifugal compressors across the three liquefaction trains associated with Phase 1 of the project. Rio Grande's first three LNG trains will operate in a parallel configuration. This order builds our long-standing relationship with Bechtel and is a significant milestone in our partnership with Next Decade, supporting them on this key LNG project, said Ganesh Ramswamy, Executive Vice President of Industrial and Energy Technology at Baker Hughes. We are delighted that our technology will support the production of LNG in the United States, which is crucial in balancing energy affordability, security, and sustainability globally. Packaging the turbine compressor train, assembly of the compressors, and testing of the trains will take place at Baker Hughes' facilities in Italy. Potential payoff. Next decade will receive 20.8% of Phase 1 cash flows. GIP and Madala Investment Company, which next decade refers to as the financial investors, will receive a minimum of 62.5% of Phase 1 cash flows. And Total Energies will receive 16.7% of Phase 1 cash flows. Achieving FID is an important milestone in next decade's mission of becoming a reliable supplier of low-carbon LNG that will replace coal as a cleaner source of energy, said Bio Ugunlesi, chair and executive officer of GIP. Our investment in Rio Grande LNG affirms GIP's commitment to promoting decarbonization, energy security, and energy affordability. The financial investors and Total Energies have the option to invest in Train 4 and Train 5 of Rio Grande LNG, as well as the previously mentioned carbon capture and storage plant. Total Energy's right to invest in Train 4 and Train 5 is conditioned on exercising LNG purchase rights of 1.5 MTPA for Train 4 and Train 5. We look forward to delivering this important LNG project that will supply the world with reliable, low-carbon intensive LNG, while proudly supporting the Rio Grande Valley community by investing billions of dollars and creating thousands of jobs, said Matt Schatzman, chair and CEO of Next Decade. Now our focus turns to safely constructing phase one on time and on budget and progressing commercial negotiations on Rio Grande LNG train four and train five to further expand our LNG platform. Dish soap kills. Ultimate Chemicals introduces PO4 fix to eliminate the practice of using household detergent in an engine's cooling system by Brent Haight. A long-standing method for cleaning an engine cooling system is to add non-foaming detergent or degreaser and water to an engine and then run it for as long as it takes to reach operating temperature. Seasoned mechanics have passed this practice down for generations. Search the internet and you'll find myriad forums, blogs, and message boards that provide step-by-step -step directions ingredient measurements, and precise methodology for a practice that is no longer applicable to today's engines and ultimately does more harm than good. Adding detergent to a cooling system can have several negative consequences. Detergents and degreasers are not designed for use in cooling systems and can cause a cascade of issues due to their chemical composition and properties, said David Vinostrin, president of Ultimate Chemicals. It's essential to use products specifically designed for cooling system maintenance and follow the manufacturer's guidelines. Headquartered in Moore, Oklahoma, Ultimate Chemicals has developed a comprehensive portfolio of products designed to return engine cooling systems to zero hour. Founded in 2010, 
Benostrin and his team have encountered the problems associated with the practice of putting degreaser dishwasher detergent in the engine cooling system many times. With the modern glycols and fuel systems today, putting dishwasher detergent in the cooling systems causes major damage, said Benostrin. We see it in the coolant samples customers provide. We recently had a customer call and say, I've got this stuff coating on the inside of my engine. We lab tested the sample and found that it's full of phosphates. We asked them if they've used a degreaser, and they told us they ran simple green household cleaner through the system. That's the problem. Household detergent coats everything. The heat rejection goes away, and glycol starts burning to the hot spots created by the soap that was put into the system to clean it. Solving customer problems has been the cornerstone of Ultimate Chemicals product development since day one. According to Vinostrin, Ultimate Chemicals product line is the result of formulating a solution to meet customers' needs in the field. We are about applying the right chemistry and using the right technology, said Vinostrin. It all starts with a coolant sample. Unlike other chemical companies, we don't have a predetermined product line. We don't just make things and hope they sell. Instead, we meet with the customer, assess the problem, and formulate a solution. If other people have the same problem, Ultimate Chemicals will patent a product. And that's just what it did. Ultimate Chemicals has introduced PO4 Fix, a chemical flush to be used as the last step in returning an engine cooling system to zero hour. According to Vinostrin, running PO4 Fix for four hours at temperature will dissolve and remove all phosphates and rust. In the past, if a customer had oil in their system and they know they've got some rust, they would run our preventative maintenance flush and our rust removal flush. Or maybe they don't have rust, which is unlikely, and they just run the PMF. But because they also had oil in their system, they use cascade detergent or a degreaser to address the oil. What happens is this creates phosphates, and that's coating the insides of the engine and making it rust. So if they run it long enough, it'll create rust even if there wasn't any to begin with. These detergents and degreasers have a higher pH. They're more caustic. Using them in an engine cooling system creates a lower pH, which also enhances corrosion and rusting. PO4 Fix is designed to be the final step after a customer has done a PMF or RRF. PO4 Fix balances the pH and will also get rid of all the rust. PO4 Fix is offered in 5, 55, and 250 gallon volumes and is available on Ultimate Chemicals online storefront. It's important that we educate the industry that household detergent is not a solution for removing oil from the cooling system. Today's systems are not the systems from the 1950s and 1960s, said Vinostrin. Applying generation-old techniques to modern systems causes more harm than good. We have the right products to get systems clean and back to zero hour the correct way. Putting Cascade in your engine is absolutely the wrong way. Sidebar, effects of adding detergent to a cooling system. Formation of deposits. Detergents contain surfactants and other chemicals meant to break down and dissolve dirt and grease. However, when added to a cooling system, they can also dissolve existing deposits and contaminants in the system, leading to the formation of new deposits. Some of these formations can be insoluble solids. These deposits can clog the radiator, heater core, and other cooling system components, reducing the system's efficiency and causing overheating. Corrosion. Detergents may contain corrosive chemicals that can react with metal components in the cooling system, such as the radiator, water pump, and heater core. This can lead to accelerated corrosion, rust, and damage to these critical parts, potentially causing leaks and coolant loss. Foaming. Detergents can cause coolant to foam, which can reduce its ability to effectively transfer heat. Foaming can create air pockets in the cooling system, hindering coolant flow and leading to localized overheating. pH imbalance. Detergents can alter the pH level of the coolant. The cooling system is designed to work within a specific pH range to prevent corrosion and rust and maintain the proper chemical balance. 
Introducing detergents can disrupt this balance, making the coolant less effective at preventing corrosion. Damage to seals and gaskets. The chemicals and detergents may not be compatible with the seals and gaskets in the cooling system. Over time, this can cause deterioration and lead to coolant leaks. Cooling system inefficiency. Adding detergent to a cooling system can result in reduced cooling efficiency that potentially lead to engine overheating. In extreme cases, it may cause irreversible damage to engine components. DOT invests in RNG and CNG transit. The Department of Transportation's funding illustrates how natural gas and electrification can work together to drive economic growth in a sustainable way, by Daniel Felber. The U.S. Department of Transportation's Federal Transit Administration announced a major win for the gas compression industry. The FTA will fund 130 awards for 1,700 American-built buses, totaling nearly $1.7 billion of investment. In response to the notice of funding opportunity, the FTA received 475 eligible project proposals, totaling approximately $8.7 billion in requests. Nearly half of the buses will be zero-emission models in the form of electric buses or compressed natural gas buses that run on renewable natural gas. For example, the Houston-based $40.4 million project, the sixth largest of the 130 projects, will upgrade the Haram Clark Bus Depot to fuel and service 40 RNG buses, in addition to investing in the future of transit, the awards announced today also invest in America's workers, the FTA said in a statement. Of the funded projects, 22 will operate with project labor agreements to ensure their efficient and timely completion, and 34 projects have committed to the gold standard model of registered apprenticeship with supportive services such as childcare for employees. In addition, the zero emissions bus grants include millions of dollars in funding for workforce programs that will train today's internal combustion and diesel mechanics to become tomorrow's electric motor technicians. The awards announced today are part of the Investing in America agenda, which is rebuilding our nation's infrastructure and creating a manufacturing and innovation boom powered by good paying jobs that grow the American economy from the bottom up and middle out. The 10 largest projects make up approximately $600 million or 35% of the funding. Four of the largest projects are in the East Coast, including the District of Columbia, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey. Two of the 10 largest grants are in Texas and the Dallas and Houston metropolitan areas. The New Orleans Regional Transit Authority gets the fourth largest project at more than $70 million. The eighth, ninth, and 10th largest grants are all roughly the same size and will support projects in Montana, Wisconsin, and Ohio. Every day, more than 60,000 buses in communities of all sizes take millions of Americans to work, school, and everywhere else they need to go, said U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Today's announcement means more clean buses, less pollution, more jobs in manufacturing and maintenance, and better commutes for families across the country. The announcement is part of the ongoing funding provided by the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law. It marks the second bus grant, bringing the total funding to more than $3.3 billion dollars. Over the next three years, an estimated $5 billion in additional funds will go toward American transit buses. Today, we are creating new opportunities to dramatically improve the lives of millions of Americans who ride on buses every day, said FTA Administrator Nuria Fernandez. Thanks to the bipartisan infrastructure law, these grants will help deliver a cleaner and more modern mode of transportation designed to reach everyone and to work for everyone, particularly in places that haven't received enough resources in the past.
126 LNG trains. FERC greenlights CP2 LNG terminal as Venture Global races to bring 70 MTPA of export capacity online within five years by Daniel Felber. Venture Global LNG has emerged as one of the fastest growing liquefied natural gas companies in North America. The company has four main projects. CP2 LNG and Calcasieu Pass LNG will be located next to each other just south of Lake Charles, Louisiana, while Plaquemines LNG and Delta LNG will be located south of New Orleans near the mouth of the Mississippi River. Calcasieu Pass LNG entered service in 2022 with a nameplate capacity of more than 11 MTPA. When fully completed, the other three projects will each feature a nameplate capacity of more than 20 MTPA. If all goes according to plan, Venture Global will effectively bring more than 70 MTPA of export capacity to life within a five-year time frame. For context, consider that Qatar's highly anticipated Northfield expansion is 48 MTPA, consisting of two phases, Northfield Expansion East at 32 MTPA and Northfield Expansion South with 16 MTPA. To be fair, Qatar has a track record of completing projects on time, whereas Venture Global is a young company that has faced its share of project delays. What's more, Qatar's Northfield expansion is backed by high-profile investment groups and the largest energy companies in the world, not to mention the host country's deep pockets and financial muscle. Qatar has been the LNG story over the last year, and for good reason. However, ignoring Venture Global's progress would be a big mistake, especially considering the recent events that have bridged the gap between the company's expectations and what it can realistically achieve in a short amount of time. FERC grants final environmental impact statement for the CP2 LNG and CP Express pipeline project. The Federal Energy Regulatory Commission has prepared a final environmental impact statement for Venture Global's CP2 LNG and CP Express pipeline project. The purpose of an LNG-related EIS is to quantify the impacts of constructing and operating the export terminal and associated infrastructure. FERC's reports can tip a project's balance in or out of favor. For example, its EIS on the Alaska LNG project found that construction and operations would result in temporary to permanent impacts on the environment. An unfavorable FERC ruling, paired with pushback from environmental groups, can be a death sentence for a prospective LNG project. FERC is the leading federal agency responsible for preparing LNG EIS reports. However, FERC works closely with the U.S. Department of Transportation's Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration, U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, U.S. Coast Guard, Bureau of Land Management, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, National Park Service, and the U.S. Department of Energy, and National Marine Fisheries Service. These cooperating agencies provide FERC with input to the conclusions and recommendations presented in the EIS. Following issuance of the final EIS, the cooperating agencies release their own decisions, determinations, permits, or authorizations for the project. The CP2 LNG and CP Express EIS was prepared in compliance with the requirements of National Environmental Policy Act, the Council on Environmental Quality Regulations for Implementing NEPA, and the FERC Regulations Implementing NEPA. The news comes as a sigh of relief for Venture Global after FERC suspended the environmental review process of CP2 LNG and the CP Express pipeline in 2022 because the company didn't provide enough information to its biological assessment of the cumulative impacts of the project. FERC and its staff found that the project would result in some adverse environmental impacts, but that the impacts would be less than significant. However, FERC found that climate change impacts were neither significant nor insignificant. Although no LNG project will have zero environmental impact, a project can reduce its carbon footprint by having an on-site combined cycle power plant or by implementing carbon capture utilization and storage. 
The project features a nameplate capacity of 20 MTPA and a peak capacity of around 24 MTPA. Construction on the 846-acre site is set to begin later this year, with an estimated in-service date of 2026 or earlier. In April, CP2 landed a 20-year, one MTPA sales and purchase agreement with Jera Company. Jera has also purchased the inaugural commissioning cargo of Venture Global's operational facility at Calcasieu Pass. In late June, CP2 landed a 4.25 MTPA 20-year SPA with Securing Energy for Europe GmbH, Germany's largest LNG supplier. All told, more than half of CP2's nameplate capacity has been booked, with more than a third of its capacity contracted to German buyers. Other projects. Calcasieu Pass. Venture Global Calcasieu Pass LLC developed an LNG export facility along the Calcasieu ship channel just south of Lake Charles. The more than 1,000-acre site includes a mile of deep water frontage and 18 0.626 MTPA liquefaction trains configured in nine blocks for a total export capacity of more than 11 MTPA. The facility also includes three pretreatment trains, each with 50% capacity, two shiploading berths for LNG vessels with a capacity of 6.5 million standard cubic feet, and two 7 million standard cubic feet full containment LNG storage tanks. The facility also features a 720 megawatt combined cycle gas turbine power plant, including an additional 25 megawatt gas-fired air derivative turbine. A single 42-inch, 24-mile-long lateral pipeline, Transcameron, extends from interconnection points within the vicinity of Grand Chenier Station in Cameron Parish, Louisiana. Plaquemines LNG In March, Venture Global announced a final investment decision on Phase 2 of its Plaquemines LNG facility. Phase 2 brought in $7.8 billion in additional financing for a total project budget of $21 billion. The project is located about 20 miles south of New Orleans and will have an export capacity of 20 MTPA. The 630-acre site features 1.3 miles of river frontage. Phase 1 is expected to begin producing LNG in 2024, and Phase 2 could begin production as early as 2025. Delta LNG Delta LNG is another 20 MTPA project consisting of two 10 MTPA phases. Located in Plaquemines Parish, Louisiana, the 540-acre site is along the Mississippi River south of New Orleans and close to neighboring Plaquemines LNG. The project will feature 36 0.626 MTPA trains configured in 18-block pairs. The site also features double the LNG storage of Calcasieu Pass LNG with four 7 million standard cubic feet tanks. It will feature three marine loading berths and 1.24 gigawatts of on-site natural gas-fired combined cycle generation. Delta LNG's in-service date is unknown. However, given the timeline and size of the other projects, it's likely Delta LNG would come online in 2027 or later. Venture Global's Modular Approach Venture Global is taking a contrarian approach during a time when LNG trains seem to only be getting bigger and bigger. For example, the Northfield Expansion East will feature four 8 MTPA trains, which starkly contrasts Venture Global's 0.626 MTPA design. The strategy has worked so far, as the train design at Calcasieu Pass LNG supports low construction costs and improves reliability by making it easier to service the facility. Meanwhile, larger trains tend to be built on-site and require massive workforces, leaving more room for error. Calcasieu Pass featured mid-scale liquefaction trains and refrigerant compressor skids that were shipped to Louisiana from Baker Hughes' manufacturing facility in Avenza, Italy. Baker Hughes compressors are being used for Port Arthur LNG Phase 1, the Patronus LNG Project, and the Northfield South Project. However, the trains are much larger in size than Venture Global's projects. 
Each of Baker Hughes' main refrigerant compressor trains at Northfield South will consist of three frame 9E DLN ultra-low NOx gas turbines and six centrifugal compressors across two LNG trains for a total scope of supply of six gas turbines to drive 12 centrifugal compressors. The biggest potential downside of IntraGlobal's modular approach is that it could lose some of the benefits of scale and result in higher overall project costs. However, that doesn't seem to be the case when compared to the sizable expansion project of Qatar's Northfield expansion. The Northfield expansion east is expected to cost $30 billion. The Northfield expansion south clocks in at $20 billion, resulting in $50 billion of an investment for an additional 48 MTPA of nameplate capacity. Meanwhile, Plaquemines LNG will cost $21 billion for a nameplate capacity of 20 MTPA, which is about the same ratio of roughly 1 MTPA of export capacity per $1 billion in investment. One of the reasons why Venture Global can keep a lid on its costs is due to its extremely efficient manufacturing process. Each 0.626 MTPA train is fabricated off-site and delivered fully assembled. Each block consists of two trains and features a cold box that uses single mixed refrigerant technology. The refrigerant compressors are driven by Baker Hughes' electric motors. According to Venture Global, controlled factory settings significantly decrease construction labor and increase site safety, execution quality, and on-time delivery. Venture Global's strategy is centered around consistency. All four of its projects are in Louisiana and feature the same general pipeline buildouts, on-site power systems, train sizes, and storage tanks. In this vein, the company can simply replicate Calcasieu Pass's success at CP2 LNG, Plaquemines LNG, and Delta LNG. Different strokes. The global LNG industry is typically viewed through the lens of export and import capacity and volumes. While these numbers are important, it's also interesting to look under the hood of projects large and small to see which strategies are the most effective. What we are starting to see, especially in the United States, are stark contrasts in project scope and execution even though many projects feature geographically similar conditions in Texas and Louisiana. The most important factors for getting an LNG project off the ground are safety, funding, long-term contracts, environmental compliance, operational execution, and engineering, procurement, and construction execution. The advantage of a modular approach is that it reduces the all-or-nothing nature of many LNG megaprojects. It makes it easier to construct the facility in stages. On the surface, Venture Global's projects are among the largest LNG export terminal undertakings in North America. Peel back the curtain, and you'll find that the company's more than 70 MTPA development pipeline doesn't consist of a few behemoth LNG trains, but rather is comprised of 126 fabricated mid-sized modular LNG trains. This step-by-step -step approach may not be ideal for every situation, but it does present some major advantages when it comes to getting an initial project or expansion phase off the ground while also avoiding the reliability nightmares that occur when two or three master trains are responsible for an entire facility's output. Newfoundland Hydrogen Project moves forward. Siemens, Bloom Energy, and Topso awarded contracts for the new Geohonique project by Brent Haight. Bloom Energy will provide its Solid Oxide Electrolyzers, SOEC, to the new Geohonique project, a $12 billion intercontinental green hydrogen commercialization effort in Canada. The project, led by Canada-based World Energy GH2, will produce green hydrogen and green ammonia in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador in eastern Canada by 2025 and 2026, respectively. The project will be executed in three phases, with the initial phase carrying a budget of $4.5 billion. 
This phase aims to generate one gigawatt of wind power for electricity production alongside the installation of 600 megawatts of SOEC and proton exchange membrane electrolysis cells. These cells will facilitate the production of green hydrogen through the process of electrolysis. Additionally, the project will include the construction of green ammonia plants, which will process approximately 60,000 tons of green hydrogen into roughly 360,000 tons of green ammonia each year. SK Ecoplant will provide front-end engineering design services, as well as installation of electrolysis cells. Siemens will provide PEMEC and Bloom Energy with supply SOEC. The new Geohonic project includes a 0.5 gigawatt hydrogen facility at the port of Stephensville, up to 164 wind turbines for 1 gigawatt of power generation on the Porto Port Peninsula, and associated transmission and supporting infrastructure. The facility is planned to have three LM6000 aeroderivative gas turbines as supplementary power sources. These units would be initially started using diesel fuel, then switched to hydrogen fuel after reaching full power. Approximately 80% of the hydrogen produced will be used to produce ammonia, with most of the ammonia delivered to existing marine export facilities by pipelines placed underground or on pipe racks. From there, ammonia will be transported globally by dedicated ammonia carriers. In August, Topso, a provider of carbon emissions reductions technologies, signed an agreement with World Energy GH2 to supply its dynamic ammonia loop technology for the new Geohonic project. Topso's ammonia loop technology will be used to generate up to 1,819 tons per day of renewable ammonia on-site. New Geohonic is one of Canada's first-to-market projects to produce hydrogen and ammonia at scale using renewable wind energy. It is a key cornerstone of the country's agreement with Germany to stimulate hydrogen production by 2025, said John Risley, chair of World Energy GH2. New Geohonic project will be instrumental in ensuring Newfoundland and Labrador takes its place in the fight against climate change. It becomes a catalyst for the development of other renewable hydrogen projects across Canada and the world. Herbiger opens Saudi Arabia Training and Service Center. New facility provides training and compressor repair and overhaul services by Brent Haight. Herbiger has opened a new training and service center in Jubail, Saudi Arabia. In addition to valve and packing assembly repair, the new facility provides complete compressor repair and overhaul services. Saudi Arabia is the biggest market for oil and gas in the Middle East, said Dominique Federer, marketing manager for Europe, the Middle East, and Africa at Herbiger. Herbiger has had a presence in the country since 1993, responding to customer requirements over the years and earning tremendous goodwill in the process. In line with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia Vision 2030 and to cover the key elements of localization and upskilling the local workforce in the industry, moving to a modern facility equipped with a training center is our response to the market demands. The Saudi Arabia field service team will be fully trained on all the products to provide quick support locally. Customers will benefit from all the innovative products that Herbiger has introduced in the market, like Hydrocom, eHydrocom, Vistra, emissions control panels, and high-performance pistons, in addition to the latest generation of compressor valves, said Futterer. Saudi Arabia, aside from being the biggest oil and gas market in the Middle East, also holds the highest growth potential due to the scale of investments in hydrogen and other green initiatives to realize the kingdom's aim to be net zero by 2060. Herbiger currently has many products in its portfolio for emissions reductions and hydrogen applications. This facility will serve the aftermarket requirements of customers installing these products. The new facility is equipped with standard machine tools required for valve and packing assembly repair, as well as a dedicated testing facility for hydrocom actuators and a large laydown area with tools, jigs, 
and fixtures for in-house compressor repair. In addition, the facility will be staffed by skilled workers who are trained in the use of tools for snapshot monitoring and laser alignment, said Futterer. Going forward, we will equip the workshop based on customer needs and demand. Training is a key pillar in Herbiger's business model. In addition to compressor repair and aftermarket services, the Saudi Arabia facility will serve as the company's regional training center for the Middle East and Africa, providing both theoretical and practical training. The company's training courses are divided into three levels, from introductory level to expert certification, to ensure the right training is available for every level of knowledge. From modest beginnings when Herbiger entered the Saudi Arabian market by appointing a local agent to opening a new facility today, it has been a long journey, said Futterer. From being a supplier of spare parts of reciprocating compressors to establishing ourselves as a solutions provider responsible for complete compressor repair and upgrade in the kingdom, over the years we have steadily enhanced our local capabilities to support our customers in the region. This month's reading is brought to you by Vanguard Renewables. Beginning in June, AstraZeneca began purchasing renewable natural gas produced by Vanguard Renewables for its Newark campus in Delaware. By 2026, the collaboration will enable the delivery of RNG, resulting in as much as 650,000 MMBTU per year of RNG to be used across AstraZeneca's U.S. sites, equivalent to the energy required to heat more than 17,800 U.S. homes for a year. Vanguard Renewables collects and recycles waste from food and beverage manufacturers, distributors, and retailers and transforms it into renewable energy. Vanguard Renewables accepts, depackages, and processes packaged food and beverage waste, offers manure and nutrient management solutions, and provides utilities, businesses, and other clean energy buyers with zero-emission renewable natural gas. To learn how your company can decarbonize its thermal load, visit www.vanguardrenewables.com solutions. This episode is also sponsored by Ultimate Chemicals. Ultimate Chemicals is the number one chemical and services resource for natural gas compression. Based in Moore, Oklahoma, Ultimate Chemicals produces its products right here in the U.S., the company offers a wide range of products specifically designed for the natural gas industry, including its renowned badass degreaser and the number one cooler cleaner, CC300. Ultimate Chemicals offers the most complete line of cooling system flushes. Ultimate Chemicals has the first and only online store featuring all their products for sale directly from ultimatechemicals.com in sizes ranging from one gallon to a 250 gallon tote. Ultimate Chemicals provides several on-site and in-place services for external fin fans, internal chemical circulation, and a variety of custom formulated chemical circulations for natural gas pipelines and gas plants. Visit ultimatechemicals.com to learn how Ultimate Chemicals can get your coolers clean while saving you time and money. That's ultimatechemicals.com. This episode is also sponsored by Chart Industries. Chart Industries is a leading manufacturer of highly engineered equipment servicing multiple applications in the clean energy and industrial gas markets. The strategic combination of Chart and Howden expands the company's offering of products and solutions across the nexus of clean, clean power, clean water, clean food, and clean industrials, allowing Chart to be a one-stop shop for its global customer base. By creating a single point of contact for customers and taking a backward and forward look to integrate across the value chain, Chart is eliminating duplication, simplifying processes, and enabling customer success. To learn more, visit www.chartindustries.com. Now, back to the reading. Here comes the boom, 2023 forecast for compression by Brent Haight. The last few years have been challenging to say the least. Unprecedented events unleashed havoc throughout the entire value stream. Energy maps were redrawn. The oil and gas landscape shifted. Companies faced supply chain disruption, 
limited access to job sites, and other challenges. While uncertainty remains due to myriad factors beyond industry control, things are looking up for the gas compression industry. Projects are moving forward, years of deferred maintenance are being scheduled, the need for natural gas continues to grow worldwide. Bearing unforeseen circumstances, the industry is poised for a boom. The compression industry is as tight as we've ever seen, and we currently don't see a disruptor to tight market conditions, said Bradley Childers, president and CEO of Artrock during the company's Q2 2023 earnings call. There is simply not enough equipment to satisfy current natural gas compression demand, much less to support the growth in gas volumes that have been forecast. The industry is still catching up following a period of significant underinvestment during and coming out of the COVID-driven downturn. On booking activity, Childers sees customer demand unwavering and extending in duration. With the compression market undersupplied and customers cognizant of long lead times, not only do we have an early and elevated order book for 2024, but booking demand for 2025 is already heating up. Trends continue to point to a multi-year run for natural gas and in particular compression, one with a longer duration than previous cycles. Around the world, investment dollars are being poured into energy projects. In Europe, liquefied natural gas infrastructure projects have been fast-tracked to shore up energy supply following the boycott of Russian gas. In the United States, the bipartisan infrastructure deal, also known as the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, has earmarked billions for natural gas projects, including pipeline repair, replacement, modernization of natural gas distribution systems, vehicle charging and fueling infrastructure build-out, which includes hydrogen, propane, and natural gas fuel vehicles, carbon capture projects, energy storage projects, and more. We are starting to see some benefit of the numerous infrastructure bills that have passed, said Jim Umpleby, chair and CEO of Caterpillar, during the company's Q2 2023 earnings call. It's a very positive thing, for us and for our customers, that we have these projects coming down the pipe. For Caterpillar reciprocating engines and oil and gas applications, we are encouraged by continuing strong demand for gas compression. Caterpillar reciprocating engine demand for power generation is expected to remain healthy, including strong data center growth. New equipment orders and services for solar turbines in both oil and gas and power generation remain robust. Solar turbines continues to have quite robust sales in several oil and gas applications, including gas compression, but also offshore platforms and international business as well. So again, at this point, oil and gas certainly look strong. And in some areas, we're quite bullish on what we see moving forward. On a regional basis, we are experiencing strong growth in most areas, with particular strength in Latin America and the Middle East. We see no change to the pace of activity across international markets and continue to see promising signs in markets such as West Africa, in the Eastern Mediterranean, said Lorenzo Simonelli, chair and CEO of Baker Hughes during the company's Q2 2023 earnings call. One area that continues to lag is the North Sea, where UK fiscal uncertainty is hampering developments. In North America, the market continues to trend softer on lower oil and gas prices. However, the impact of price volatility in the first half of the year has largely been limited to the activity of private operators and in gas basins. Delayed maintenance due to COVID-19 restrictions and budget constraints have reached critical mass. Equipment can only go so long before maintenance is required, either through planned outage or through equipment failure. Companies throughout the value stream are seeing an uptick in service and maintenance requests. We are seeing very strong aftermarket service and repair activity, both impacting Q2 in a positive way, as well as expected to impact future years through multiple multi-year long-term service agreements being executed, said Joe Brinkman, Chief Financial Officer of Chart Industries during the company's Q2 2023 earnings call. As a reminder, aftermarket service and repair comprise more than 30% of our revenues. We have received two big LNG-related awards so far this year, 
and we expect to book an additional big LNG order in the second half as global LNG needs continue with the energy transition in various stages of evolution, depending on market and application. In addition, we recently received a five-year service agreement with a chart legacy hydrogen customer for Howden compression service. Pricing. The U.S. Energy Information Administration forecasts higher crude oil prices in the second half of 2023 and into 2024 thanks to moderate but persistent inventory drawdowns. Inventory drawdowns take place when demand for a commodity is greater than the supply of that commodity. The EIA expects production cuts from an organization of the petroleum exporting countries, or OPEC members, and predicts that higher petroleum consumption will lead to an average inventory drawdown of 0.4 million barrels per day between July 2023 and the end of 2024. The EIA anticipates that Brent crude oil price will increase to the mid $80 per barrel range by the end of 2024, up from the June 2023 average of $75 per barrel. It predicts that the West Texas Intermediate crude oil price will follow a similar path and maintain a discount to Brent of $5 per barrel. In its latest short-term energy outlook, the EIA predicts that global liquid fuels consumption increases by 1.8 million BPD in 2023 and by 1.6 million BPD in 2024. Most of the expected liquid fuels demand growth is in non-OECD countries led by China and India. It expects China's liquid fuels consumption will rise by 0.8 million BPD in 2023 and by 0.4 million BPD in 2024. India's liquid fuels consumption increases by an average of 0.3 million BPD in both 2023 and 2024, according to the EIA. Turning to natural gas, the EIA expects that Henry Hub spot price will rise in the coming months as declining natural gas production narrows the existing surplus of natural gas inventories compared with the five-year average. Henry Hub prices in the EIA's forecast average more than $2.80 per million BTU in the second half of 2023, up from about $2.40 per million BTU in the first half of the year. Over the past several quarters, we have discussed our bullishness on long-term commodity prices and on the broader energy industry, and our views have not changed. We view meaningful transitions to alternative energy sources and electrification as multi-decade undertakings that require extraordinary levels of capital investment, and will experience many starts and stops as economic, social, and political factors continue to affect the pace of transition and change, said Eric Long, president and CEO of USA Compression during the company's Q2 2023 earnings call. As these unpredictable dynamics play out over the coming years, the oil and gas production cycle will continue. Hydrocarbons will remain critical to the current and future health, wealth, and well-being of society. Long continued, We are seeing producers increasingly opt to outsource compression services in favor of directing their capital spending closer to the wellhead. We believe that trend will continue as they seek to improve their overall capital investment metrics and continue to focus on their core competencies of improving drilling and well completion efficiency. We expect domestic oil drilling activity to continue into the foreseeable future, as forecasted crude oil prices remain above industry-cited break-even WTI prices for new drilling and remain elevated as worldwide inventories continue to decline significantly, and crude oil demand continues to grow as worldwide economies continue their post-pandemic recoveries and expansions. Production The International Energy Agency predicts that global gas demand will remain flat in 2023. Higher demand in the Asia-Pacific and the Middle East is expected to offset declines in Europe and North America. In its recent gas market report, Q2 2023, the IEA forecasts Asian gas demand to increase by close to 3% in 2023, driven by China and India. Gas demand in China is forecast to increase by more than 6% in 2023, supported by a recovery in economic activity and potentially higher gas use in industry. In the Middle East, gas demand is expected to increase by 2%, led by Iran and Saudi Arabia. In the United States, 
The EIA forecasts that natural gas production will average around 103 billion standard cubic feet per day in the second half of 2023 and 2024, staying close to record levels for much of the remainder of the forecast period. Reduced drilling for natural gas in reaction to this year's reduction in gas prices has been countered by increased associated natural gas production in the Permian Basin, which explains the flat production. The production-centric nature of the services that we provide and the mission-critical role that natural gas compression services play within the broader energy value chain provides USA compression with durable baseline demand for our services, said Long. We have emphasized many times that demand for our services is linked directly to domestic hydrocarbon production, which the EIA currently forecasts at record levels for 2023 and 2024, with incremental production growth continuing for years to come. We also anticipate significant incremental demand for natural gas compression as production ratios of associated gas to oil continue to increase in domestic shale oil plays, lingering U.S. LNG export delays abate, and additional takeaway capacities added to increase the flow of Permian gas volumes into Mexico in advance of re-exporting these volumes from highly anticipated and planned investments in Mexican LNG facilities. LNG Increases in LNG exports have positioned the United States among Qatar and Australia as one of the top three LNG exporting countries in the world. The EIA forecasts that U.S. LNG exports will continue to grow in 2024 as two new LNG liquefaction projects come online, Golden Pass in Texas and Plaquemines in Louisiana. The EIA expects U.S. LNG exports to average 12 billion standard cubic feet per day in 2023. In 2024, with two new LNG export projects, it expects LNG exports to increase to 13.3 billion standard cubic feet per day. According to the EIA, international natural gas market conditions are currently favorable for more U.S. LNG exports. Natural gas prices at several price hubs in Europe and Asia are relatively high compared with U.S. natural gas prices. In its latest short-term energy outlook, the EIA predicts that U.S. LNG exports will continue to replace pipeline natural gas that had previously been exported from Russia to Europe. Relatively little growth in global LNG export capacity in the next two years will increase demand for flexible LNG supplies, mainly from the United States, to meet incremental growth in global demand. LNG continues to be a market where we viewed numerous opportunities ahead, said Jill Ivanko, president and CEO of Chart Industries during the company's Q2 2023 earnings call. Earlier this morning, we received notification of a $28.75 million order from Weissen Heavy Industry for a small-scale LNG project in the Eastern Hemisphere. International customers are looking to move to modular LNG trains to improve time to market, minimize site work, and reduce costs, which our technology lends itself to. We remain optimistic on the LNG outlook, with solid demand growth this year led by Europe and Asia. In fact, despite a 50% decline in LNG prices over the first half of the year, contracted long-term offtake agreements of more than 45 MTPA are slightly above contracting levels over the same period in 2022, said Simonelli. The continued strength in long-term LNG contracts have been a key driver of the momentum in industry financial investment decisions, which have now totaled 53 MTPA so far this year. This includes the recent FIDs for Phase 1 of next decade's 17.6 MTPA Rio Grande project, and Qatar Energy's 16 MTPA Northfield South project. Simonelli continued, Based on the continued development of the LNG project pipeline, we still expect the market to exceed 65 MTPA of FIDs this year and should see a similar level of activity in 2024. We continue to see the potential for this LNG cycle to extend for several years, with a pipeline of new international opportunities expanding project visibility out to 2026 and beyond. Energy Transition Natural gas will remain a critical energy source, even as renewable energy gains market share around the world. Natural gas will continue not only as a baseload fuel to help balance against intermittent renewable energy sources like wind and solar, 
but as primary feedstock in the form of renewable natural gas. Analysts valued the global RNG market at $8.09 billion in 2022 and projected to surpass $73 billion by 2028. While the market for RNG has increased over time, it still represents a fraction of total natural gas consumption. Wood McKinsey estimates that the United States produced 395 million standard cubic feet per day of RNG in 2022, accounting for 0.4% of 2022 U.S. natural gas production, up from 212 million standard cubic feet per day of RNG produced in 2021, or 0.2% of 2021 U.S. natural gas production. Wood McKinsey estimates U.S. RNG production is on track to increase to 3.6 billion standard cubic feet per day by 2050, bringing with it continued demand for gas compression equipment and technology. What I've seen happen is definitely an appreciation for natural gas continuing as a clear aspect of the energy mix, said Simonelli. We've always said it's a transition and destination fuel, and the best way to transport natural gas is either through a pipeline or through LNG. We've seen several opportunities internationally start to solidify for 2025 and 2026, and that's what I'm focused on, continuing to build that good pipeline. I think we're in it for a good couple of years. As we look to the future, almost all energy companies are transitioning. And while the pace of change may differ, the direction of travel is clear. We believe that as the need to decarbonize becomes more widespread, the demand for integrated solutions across these areas will grow. In fact, we are in the early stages of collaborating with key customers on a range of future opportunities that leverage our unique set of technologies for new energy applications. We continue to see growth opportunities in our renewable business and anticipate reaching FID on certain U.S. onshore development projects by year end. And we're pleased that next decade reached FID on phase one of their Rio Grande LNG facility, said Greg Ebel, president and CEO of Enbridge during the company's Q2 2023 earnings call. Earlier this year, Next Decade announced an FID on the first three trains to export LNG from its Rio Grande LNG facility at the port of Brownsville. The go-ahead of that project advances Enbridge's Rio Bravo pipeline project, which will supply 100% of the feedstock gas to the new Rio Grande LNG facility. Enbridge is in the process of obtaining necessary construction permits and notice to proceed from the U.S. Federal Energy Regulatory Commission for the project, with commercial operations expected in 2026. We continue to believe that all forms of energy will be required for years to come, said Ebel. Natural gas and oil will remain critical components of our energy supply in all energy transition scenarios that balance the energy trilemma of reliability, sustainability, and affordability. The Ontario government recently announced, and I quote, natural gas will continue to play a critical role in providing Ontarians with a reliable and cost-effective fuel supply for space heating, industrial growth, and economic prosperity with developments in energy efficiency and low-carbon fuels such as RNG and low-carbon hydrogen. The natural gas distribution system will help contribute to the province's transition from higher carbon fuels in a cost-effective way, continued Apple. We agree with the Ontario government and believe renewables will also grow rapidly and be critical to meeting global emissions targets. But renewable growth cannot be sustained without being closely intertwined with the natural gas intermittency and peak fail safe for consumers. As we think about our long-term strategy, we see that U.S. natural gas infrastructure is key to meeting both today's energy demand as well as projected growth of electrification and renewables build out in the future. Simply put, you cannot implement and accelerate wind, solar, and large-scale electrification without having natural gas as a reliable complementary partner to these big system changes, said Alan Armstrong, president and CEO of the Williams Companies, during the company's Q2 2023 earnings call. In fact, despite continued growth in solar and wind capacity, the country saw record natural gas power demand in July, reaching as high as 53 billion standard cubic feet per day to meet summer power loads. This tops the previous record set last July by 6%. Again, 
compounding growth on top of compounding growth, continued Armstrong. If we truly do want to meet our country's growing power demand for things like data centers and electric vehicles and accelerate wind and solar power generation, we must continue increasing natural gas infrastructure capacity. Williams is here for the long haul, and we are committed to leveraging our large-scale natural gas infrastructure network for the benefit of generations to come. The needs for compression continue to grow, said John Jackson, CEO of CSI Compresco, during the company's Q2 2023 earnings call. Natural gas production and associated gases continue to increase, and with the pending construction of LNG facilities potentially doubling the export capacity over the next few years, dry gas basins should also perform well over time. Overall, with this macro backdrop, we believe the future is bright for our company and industry. Patent expands Midland facility. Patent divider block systems brings assembly, testing, and R&D under one roof by Brent Haight. Patent divider block systems has expanded its Midland, Texas facility, adding dedicated square footage for assembly, testing, and research and development. Founded in 2019, Patent specializes in the design, installation, training, and troubleshooting of divider block lubrication systems for all high-speed and integral compressors. We are expanding our capabilities for servicing the compressor industry, said Curtis Royce, founder and chief executive officer of Patent. This means bringing on more people and adding more space. We're ramping up our new product development and want to ensure our quality control is performed in-house by qualified technicians. Prior to this expansion, Assembly and testing of new products was performed by Patents Machining and Manufacturing Partners in Texas and California. These companies have done a great job for us in the past, said Royce. Bringing these capabilities under our roof gives us immediate quality control, which improves our turnaround time and capacity. Assembly. According to Royce, qualified assembly has always been a cornerstone of Patent. Compressors run 24-7, and when something goes wrong with the force-feed divider block system, loss of production equates to lost revenue. By controlling our assembly process, we can streamline assembling each component, increase production, and ensure quality. Testing. Each component patent offers is tested prior to being shipped to the customer. Because of this, the company offers among the longest warranties in the compressor industry. When you have innovative products such as our cartridge check valves that carry a lifetime warranty and our other products that have a 24-month warranty, it's extremely important each product passes a series of quantified testing procedures, said Royce. Having designed and introduced several new components through the years for the force feed system, we've learned stringent testing for each component is of the utmost importance. That's why we elected to bring testing into our facility. Patent uses dedicated custom testing stations for each product in its portfolio. These hydraulic testing systems not only ensure each product functions as designed before being sent into the field, but are also used for testing failed legacy systems regardless of their manufacturer, to see what design improvements can be made to increase the lifespan of components. It is time to stop the compressor industry's business-as-usual practice of replacing parts with identical components and hoping for a different outcome. It's time to find out why those components are continuing to fail, said Royce. For decades, the industry has removed and replaced different components of the divider block system, thrown away the old parts, and never given a thought to why those parts have failed. There's so much to learn about divider block system failures. If we stop throwing away failed loop pumps, divider blocks, no-flow devices, check valves, etc., we can analyze the cause of failure. That's what we are doing in our test center. Our field technicians now bring failed components back into our shop for disassembling, inspection, analyzing, and diagnosing the root cause of failure. By doing this, we've discovered why those parts continue to fail. 
We can correct those problems by developing superior products and installation processes that stop premature failure and increase the reliability and longevity of every part of the force feed divider block system. Research and development. Patton has a dedicated engineering team that works to develop new products to replace the 50-year-old technology the compressor industry continues to rely on today. Technology has advanced in every part of our lives, yet we as an industry are reluctant to bring new technology into compressor component design, said Roy's. When a product fails, the compressor industry will buy the same product time and time, install it, and expect different results. There's a saying in this industry, that's the way we've always done it. Every time I hear an operator or mechanic say this, I cringe, because there is always a better way. But people don't look for out-of-the-box to design, test, and build a better product. Patton's approach to engineering is to rely on expert mechanical engineers and not tenured compressor engineers. Ultimately, our engineers have very little exposure to where our products are actually installed, said Roy's. They listen intently to ideas for new products, and then we brainstorm and develop new products. This approach makes for a very successful relationship because they never have preconceived notions of how the compressor industry has always done things. They simply use their mechanical engineering knowledge and expertise to build a much better product than anything the compressor industry has seen before. Inventory. Patton offers a comprehensive portfolio of divider block components that includes lubricator boxes, low and high pressure filtration, loop pumps, and check valves. Having inventory on hand to ensure immediate deliverability is a priority. The compressor industry is a 24-7 business. When a compressor is down, the customer needs the components to get it back online. But as we all know, the supply chain is broken and delivery times of products continue to increase, said Roy's. Along with this latest facility expansion, Patton has dedicated funding to increase our inventory by approximately 300%, which allows us to ship products faster. We have sufficient inventory to build, test, and ship everything from single divider block system components to a complete divider block system the same day. Our fleet vehicles carry a full inventory of components for the divider block system so we can perform preventative maintenance and upgrades on any compressor divider block system while we're on location. Looking ahead, Patton's team has developed technology to diagnose the cause of premature wear and failure of not only the force feed lubrication system components, but also the root cause of premature wear and failure of cylinders, rings, rods, and packing. With the addition of assembly, testing, and research and development in the same facility, we now have total control over our products in-house. This will allow us to continue to discover and correct problems. For example, divider block systems are not injecting the amount of oil we've been told for 50 years, said Roy's. With new technology developed by Patton, we can prove the compressor is not being lubricated correctly on a running and fully loaded machine at the end user's facility. Let's face it, the compressor industry has lost the knowledge we had decades ago due to retirees and no formal education for the operation and maintenance of the force feed divider block system, added Roy's. We simply don't have many qualified technicians joining the compressor workforce. With innovative developments to improve production and the compression industry continuing to grow, no matter how many products we develop or how much inventory we keep on the shelf, there must be qualified technicians at the end user level that understand the force feed system. Of course, new technology and product availability is a great thing, but ultimately, the operation of those products is in the hands of the compressor operator. Correct operation, installation, and troubleshooting of the force feed system is a 24-7 responsibility to keep compressors online, and we offer 24-7 technical support. But the technician or compressor operator needs in-depth knowledge of every component of the force feed system, its purpose, how to install it, and how to troubleshoot the system when a problem occurs. In-depth training is something Patton is addressing at its new training facility in Fredericksburg, Texas. We feel it's extremely important to educate technicians and engineers about divider block components from all manufacturers, because that's what they see daily. 
Our training class is not the normal PowerPoint presentation. Patton has an aerial JGP compressor with a fully functioning force feed system to facilitate hands-on training. With the addition of this operating system on the compressor, attendees can use their senses, sight, hearing, and touch to truly understand each part of and operation of the force feed system. Attendees not only witness the divider block system working, but we've designed this compressor so that common problems associated with divider block systems can be created in the training center. This gives attendees the opportunity to visually see how to fix them. Royce continued, Oil consumption is costing compressor operators millions of dollars annually in lost revenue, and the only way to fix this is to stop using 50-year-old technology and install new products developed specifically for the force feed system. If compressor operators will take time to explore why they need these new components, they can track and reduce oil consumption, increase bottom line profits, and increase the longevity and reliability of their compressor wear components. Vanguard Renewables Inc.'s record RNG offtake agreement. Gas Compression Magazine sat down with Johannes Escudero, founder and CEO of the Coalition for Renewable Natural Gas, to discuss the deal's impact and next steps for the RNG industry by Daniel Felber. AstraZeneca is partnering with Vanguard Renewables to enable the delivery of renewable natural gas to all its sites in the United States by the end of 2026. Starting in June 2023, AstraZeneca began purchasing RNG produced by Vanguard Renewables for its Newark campus in Delaware, where the company packages 26 medicines for distribution across the United States and makes medicine formulations for global supply. By 2026, this collaboration will enable as much as 650,000 MMBTU, or 190,500 megawatt hours per year, of RNG to be used across AstraZeneca's U.S. sites, equivalent to the energy required to heat more than 17,800 U.S. homes for a year. This amount of RNG is enough to completely decarbonize and replace conventional natural gas at AstraZeneca's North American Manufacturing and Research and Development facilities. The announcement marks the largest voluntary purchase of RNG in the industry's North American history. We recognize the interconnection between the health of people and the planet and are committed to driving deep decarbonization across our operations and value chain, said Pam Ching, Executive Vice President of Global Operations and IT and Chief Sustainability Officer at AstraZeneca. Our innovative partnership with Vanguard Renewables in the United States is an illustration of how we are collaborating at scale to deliver sustainable science and medicines as part of the transition to net zero health systems and a circular economy. AstraZeneca is a global science-led biopharmaceutical company that focuses on the discovery, development, and commercialization of prescription medicines in oncology, rare diseases, and biopharmaceuticals, including cardiovascular, renal, and metabolism, and respiratory and immunology. As heat and power are critical to manufacturing medicines, the decarbonization of healthcare requires access to clean sources of heat, such as RNG. The company is on track to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from its global operations, scope 1 and 2, by 98% by 2026 from a 2015 baseline. By 2030, AstraZeneca aims to half its entire value chain footprint on the way to becoming science-based net zero by 2045 at the latest. The use of RNG at AstraZeneca sites in the United States will further enable the company's transition to 100% renewable energy for heat and power. Vanguard Renewables and AstraZeneca have demonstrated incredible leadership by engaging in this deal that serves as an example of decarbonizing scope one gas demand, said Johannes Escudero, founder and CEO of the Coalition for Renewable Natural Gas. With an increasing number of organizations pursuing long-term decarbonization strategies, RNG is the primary option for those who need a carbon-neutral replacement for natural gas. 
AstraZeneca now plays a key role in recycling food waste, eliminating methane emissions, and circularizing our economy, advancing our mission and charting a path for other companies to follow in the quest to achieve net zero today. Vanguard's unique RNG offering. Vanguard Renewables develops food and dairy waste renewable energy projects. The company owns and operates on-farm anaerobic digester facilities in the Northeast and currently operates manure-only digesters in the South and West for Dominion Energy. Vanguard Renewables plans to expand nationwide to more than 120 anaerobic digestion facilities by 2026. The agreement with AstraZeneca will use Vanguard Renewables' farm-powered process, allowing Vanguard Renewables to work with dairy farmers and food and beverage manufacturers, retailers, and distributors to produce RNG using farm-based anaerobic digestion from food and dairy cow manure. Once the RNG is produced and captured through anaerobic digestion, it will be injected into existing natural gas infrastructure for use in AstraZeneca's medicine research and manufacturing process. Through the anaerobic digestion process, inedible or unsaleable food and beverage waste from the manufacturing and retail sectors is collected, sorted, depackaged on site, and combined with dairy farm manure in a sealed biodigester tank. Once combined in the biodigester, microorganisms that naturally occur in manure digest the waste, converting sugars, fats, and other compounds into biogas. Harnessing the waste energy captures as much as 95% of the potential greenhouse gas emissions that would result if food and beverage waste was sent to a landfill or if the farm manure was field applied. The process produces biogas that is upgraded to pipeline quality RNG that is then injected into the existing pipeline infrastructure on site displacing traditional fossil fuels. Through the partnership with Vanguard Renewables, AstraZeneca will access RNG from three on-farm anaerobic digester facilities across the United States for the next 15 years or more. The collaboration will use food and waste from local and family-owned farms, supporting rural communities across the United States. By capturing methane from dairy operations that would have otherwise ended up in the atmosphere, this partnership also reduces pollution from the farming sector. A leading example of decarbonizing scope one gas demand. A core driver of high-profile RNG deals is heightened awareness of the benefits of RNG, especially for companies with sustainability targets. The majority of RNG markets and most of the RNG purchased in North America today are the result of public policies that created or expanded RNG markets and that require RNG procurement, said Escudero. Companies like Vanguard Renewables showcase the rapid increase in RNG project development, a big part of the acceleration is due to funding. Last year, Vanguard Renewables received $2 billion from BlackRock Real Assets, which will be used to expand its anaerobic digestion portfolio. In many ways, the stage is now set for RNG to receive increased funding. Despite these advancements, it would be a mistake to assume that RNG's growth is solely due to developments over the last few years. Most overnight successes are decades in the making, said Escudero. The first RNG facility was built in 1982, and operated in virtual obscurity for 30 years before we coalesced into the industry. RNG Coalition has advocated for sustainable development, deployment, and use of renewable gas for almost 12 years. As a result, the general public and world leaders, both in business and government, are recognizing that we have a growing waste problem. We have to address what we do with methane and other gases that emit from society's inevitable waste streams. RNG's next growth phase. RNG is more expensive than fossil-based natural gas. For that reason, regulatory and economic incentives, both from a private and public funding perspective, are necessary to pull vault RNG to a larger share of the energy mix. There are a growing number of regulatory programs we have helped create at the federal, state, and provincial levels, like the Renewable Fuel Standard, Low Carbon Fuel Standard, Renewable Portfolio Standard, 
and other incentives soon to be realized as a result of the Inflation Reduction Act, said Escudero. RNG facilities present myriad environmental and economic benefits. First and foremost, they mitigate the harmful environmental impacts of what would otherwise be inevitable methane and other greenhouse gas emissions by capturing and then converting those gases into various forms of renewable energy to decarbonize fuel, heat, power, and sustainably produce other products. Second, because the public and shareholders are prioritizing sustainability in the healthcare, food and beverage, aviation, marine, rail, and other industries, there is new demand for RNG and renewable gases in the voluntary market. RNG Coalition does a lot of work on the regulatory and policy framework side of RNG, as there is still a lot of work to be done to build upon the RFS, LCFS, and RPS. RNG Coalition is working toward achieving our Sustainable Methane Abatement and Recycling Timeline, or SMART, said Escudero. We have identified more than 43,000 organic waste sites across North America where methane and other greenhouse gases are produced. We are working to capture and control these renewable gases by 2050 and have identified near-term benchmarks for 2025, 2030, and 2040. The voluntary market will scale and could fund the achievement of our SMART initiative. Until then, public policy will continue to be the key driver supporting ongoing emissions reductions. Policymakers in a growing number of states are recognizing the benefits of RNG as they develop rules around new clean fuel standards, renewable gas standards, clean heat standards, and clean electricity standards. But more support is needed to address this urgent challenge. Another feature for policymakers to consider is security. Europe provides a model for the multifaceted benefits of RNG. According to the European Biogas Association, the European Union produced 1.74 billion standard cubic feet per day of biogas and biomethane in 2020. By 2030, it expects that number to nearly double to 3.39 billion standard cubic feet per day as Europe turns to RNG as a secure and sustainable energy source. The unfortunate invasion of Ukraine by Russia has threatened the European Union's access to conventional natural gas, a cautionary tale we must pay attention to, said Escudero. Europe is pivoting to RNG for many of the same reasons we have been advising policymakers and business leaders to do the same. It's a source of domestic, renewable, clean fuel and energy that improves our energy independence, security, and resilience. RNG partnerships can serve as an example of the practical use cases of RNG production and use in the eyes of policymakers. Like most burgeoning industries, it is important for policymakers and the industry in general to see investments pay off and customers like AstraZeneca buy into the fuel source's benefits. There are no doubts about the environmental benefits, but there has been questions about the cost, said Escudero. AstraZeneca's move is evidence that sustainability is good for business. History has been made. They're the first multinational company in the pharmaceutical space to partner with RNG, but there are opportunities for other corporations to demonstrate leadership and take the first step to help decarbonize their respective sectors. The food and beverage industry comes to mind, for example. Carbon dioxide can be used to sustainably stun sources of protein, and I think beverages should be carbonated with carbon dioxide captured from RNG facilities too. RNG's role in the circular economy. The circular economy is often associated with reusing and recycling products. However, a better way to think about the circular economy is a system that prolongs the useful life of materials by broadening use cases across multiple sectors of the economy. RNG is an excellent example of a fuel source that supports the circular economy because it traverses several industries on the production side, including agriculture, utilities, and energy, and can be used as a fuel source in every industry on the consumption side. As long as our planet is populated by people, and as long as we sustain our families, pets, and livestock with food, there's going to be some waste. The banana peel, the apple core, the orange rind, said Escudero. 
Even with all our efforts to reduce, reuse, and recycle, the World Bank still projects waste to increase 70% by 2050. Wherever the organic waste ends up, be it in a landfill or a digester, it is going to biodegrade and produce methane and other gases. Our coalition of industry stakeholders represents a no regrets and readily available solution to capture and convert these greenhouse gas liabilities into renewable energy assets and products. Similar to the liquefied natural gas industry, RNG production growth means little if there's a lack of buyers. As the Vanguard Renewables AstraZeneca deal proves, RNG can have an impact across every sector of the economy if there's a willing buyer. Deals like this spread awareness about the economic and environmental benefits of RNG across the economy. As a company dedicated to advancing science and improving the quality of people's lives through medicine, AstraZeneca's 15-year offtake agreement and commitment to RNG is significant, said Escudero. It not only sends a strong message to policymakers, it sends a clear signal to competitors in the pharmaceutical and healthcare space, and to companies operating in other sectors too. RNG is the primary solution for businesses and industries that need a carbon-neutral replacement for natural gas use in Scope 1, be it for fuel, heat, or power, to achieve the most ambitious near-term greenhouse gas reduction goals. Clairvoyant Compression FlowServe's Red Raven Solutions Produces Actionable Insights, Signals the Dawn of Data-Driven Predictive Maintenance by Daniel Felber. Ravens have long been viewed as a symbol of knowledge and wisdom. The raven's watchful, all-seeing, prophetic eye provides a glimpse into the future, for better or for worse. It is for these reasons that FlowServe named its predictive maintenance solution Red Raven. Launched out of the crucible of the COVID-19 pandemic in early 2021, Red Raven helps address the energy sector's long-standing challenge of monitoring asset health and identifying problems before they occur. Industrial Internet of Things technology can be complicated and confusing. However, Red Raven is designed to be simple to understand. It starts with deploying a device or sensor in the field, which can be either wired or wireless. The Red Raven Node ER is a wireless smart product, rather than a sensor attached to long cables. Multiple Node ER sensors can be installed directly on rotating equipment to measure temperature, vibration, and pressure. From there, data can be exported through wireless gateways or wired distributed control system connections to a centralized cloud-based server. In the case of extremely secure data situations, data can be secured on site. Data can be analyzed once in the cloud structure. Algorithms can be used to better understand data and make it useful to operators. By sorting data, the algorithms can produce insights into how pumps, seals, and valves are working, determine operating conditions, and then measure how long those assets can function before being repaired or replaced. From there, information is shared through FlowServe's internal monitoring center, where experts look at data and provide feedback and support to the customer. The customer can also log in and view the data through a portal. Based on the customer's needs, FlowServe can coordinate with more than 200 service centers to address challenges uncovered by Red Raven. Soaring to new heights. Red Raven gives plant maintenance teams and operators insights and tools they need to monitor, analyze, and predict equipment performance so they can respond to problems quickly and minimize disruptions and downtime, said Marco Versessi, Global Product Manager for IoT at FlowServe. The predictive maintenance solution includes equipment sensors, secure communication, performance analytics, and trend reporting tools. A wide range of offering can be tailored for specialized plant needs and applications. Options include condition monitoring services, which allow operators to capture asset performance data for analysis and predictive monitoring capabilities. The data can then be leveraged through analysis software and algorithms to diagnose equipment problems. With access to advanced analytics and trend data, plant operators can identify the slightest changes in equipment performance, 
variations that can indicate a problem is looming. Since its launch two and a half years ago, FlowServe has made significant improvements to Red Raven to better enable plan operators to proactively take steps to avoid equipment issues and unplanned downtime. We have expanded the Red Raven service to different equipment types, starting with pumps and then onto vacuum pump systems, positioners, actuators, and mechanical seals, said Versesi. We have also added capabilities to predictive analytics by applying artificial intelligence and machine learning to our wireless condition monitoring solution. We have added capabilities, technological strength, and personnel to our FlowServe monitoring center. Automation presents the opportunity to enable reliable operation of assets in severe service applications. In addition, FlowServe's digital capabilities enable data capture for insights that can reduce downtime and improve operational efficiency. Blending product-orientated and subscription-based business models. FlowServe primarily operates in the oil and gas, power generation, chemical, and water industries. As these different industries continue to integrate Red Raven into their functions, FlowServe has gained a better understanding of what customers are looking for and how important it is to respond to quickly changing needs in the market. The Valtech anti-surge valve with our JetFlow positioner tunes and starts up anti-surge valves for reduced commissioning time, said Dan LaSalle, Global Director of Product Management at FlowServe's Flow Control Division. In addition, we will be bringing to market the Worcester cryogenic floating ball valve, which will meet the latest fugitive emission standards in a modular design. It took FlowServe years to develop Red Raven before it hit the market. Unexpected challenges like supply chain constraints have ultimately helped FlowServe fine-tune the offering to better accomplish objectives, such as lowering costs, improving performance, and reducing emissions. Another challenge is handling customer data. Data security is particularly critical in industries such as oil and gas and nuclear, said Versesi. Our solution must be designed with security in mind, and that data must be protected from unauthorized access. Our customers' equipment data are conveyed in a standalone network totally separated from their IT infrastructure, making an economic and environmental impact. A key benefit of Red Raven is its internal monitoring center where experts and customers can review data to formulate actionable insights. Given that these insights usually center around asset health, the company rolled out additional solutions in response to customer demands for improved efficiency and lower energy consumption. To help customers meet decarbonization and energy reduction targets, FlowServe developed the Energy Advantage Program. It incorporates engineering expertise, data-driven optimization of flow loop operations, and defines a mutually agreed-upon set of commitments to reduce efficiency costs and or achieve carbon and efficiency goals. Within the EAP, FlowServe performs engineering analysis, project management, and execution of aftermarket upgrades that are tailored to industry, application, and other site variables. The plant operator's commitment is the collaboration of data, process information, and implementation. Another goal of FlowServe is to help legacy energy companies expand into lower carbon and alternative fuels as part of FlowServe's diversify, decarbonize, digitize, and environmental, social, and governance strategies. The climate pillar of the company's ESG strategy is twofold. Embedding sustainability into operations while also delivering technologies and capabilities through its 3D strategy for customers to increase efficiency and reduce emissions. Among many product applications, FlowServe flow control equipment is widely used in fuel and energy production. For more than 230 years, FlowServe's products have supported traditional oil and gas production and refining, conventional and combined cycle power generation, and nuclear power production. As the world moves to cleaner forms of energy, FlowServe said that it is focused on diversifying its portfolio of products to support less carbon-intensive technologies, such as geothermal, biomass, and concentrated solar power generation. For processes that continue to generate greenhouse gases, 
FlowServe products are helping to advance carbon capture, utilization, and storage technologies to control these emissions. The energy transition is an important element of FlowServe's growth strategy that will influence future innovation, investment, and product development. In 2022, FlowServe launched more than 20 new and redesigned products, many of which meet legacy energy companies' ESG goals through energy efficiency and emissions reductions, minimizing lifecycle equipment costs, reducing maintenance requirements, and simplifying equipment operation. Preparing for the hydrogen economy. The hydrogen economy remains in its infancy. Given the economic and safety risks of investing in an unproven industry, infrastructure assets that are folded into the global hydrogen machine must feature a blend of reliability and sophisticated data-driven predictive maintenance solutions. Regulators and policymakers will depend on these insights to make effective legislation and grant subsidies. With several technologies already available in liquefied natural gas, hydrogen, carbon capture, renewables, and others, FlowServe's portfolio of flow control solutions is driving decarbonization efforts around the world. In 2022, FlowServe announced a partnership with Chart Industries, a manufacturer of engineered equipment servicing applications in the clean energy and industrial gas markets. FlowServe will acquire in-process research and development related to Chart's liquid hydrogen fueling pump and be Chart's sole manufacturer and supplier of the pump once commercial production has begun. This equipment will be incorporated into systems that will be used to fuel hydrogen-powered fuel cell electric trucks, cars, and buses, as well as future hydrogen vehicles. More than 100 fueling systems are planned to go into operation globally over the next five years. Hydrogen represents a significant opportunity in helping the world reduce carbon emissions and is a critical driver of FlowServe's decarbonization efforts. The Naked Eye versus the Red Raven Eye Integrating new technology into established industries requires disrupting the way things have been done for decades. It's not an easy task to convince operators to install sensors on equipment they are used to manually monitoring. Common objections may be that the sensors will fail to tell the operator anything they don't already know, or that the operator knows their machinery better than anyone else and can properly forecast interventions without a device. Perhaps the customer simply prefers to see the equipment in person, especially for critical assets where the operator may not trust remote monitoring. These are all valid objections, especially in technical industries that feature rich histories and experts with decades of irreplaceable knowledge and experience. Often, there are two camps of thought, those in favor of change and technological disruption, and those who prefer to go with what works. Both camps have strong points. However, in today's age of AI, technological disruptions are happening in mere months instead of years. For example, large language models like ChatGPT are replacing basic human functions and unlocking economic gains, and these technologies are growing stronger by the day. It is more important than ever for industry professionals to realize that change is coming, but it doesn't have to completely upend the business or economy. Digital solutions like Red Raven are not a replacement for maintenance and service personnel, analysts, or operators, but rather a tool that these professions can use to save time and money while serving more customers and meeting energy transition goals. By relying on observations made by both the Naked Eye and the Red Raven Eye, the industry can use this wisdom to take a leap forward into the digital age without losing sight of the value of firsthand experience. LNG Japan ups its stake in Australia by Walter E. Von Rees. Woodside Energy Group has entered into a sale and purchase agreement with LJ Scarborough for the sale of a 10% non-operating participating interest in the Scarborough joint venture. The strategic relationship with LNG Japan involves three elements, equity in the Scarborough joint venture, potential liquefied natural gas offtake, and collaboration on opportunities in new energy. 
The purchase price is $500 million, subject to adjustments. LNG Japan will reimburse Woodside for its share of expenditure for the Scarborough project from the transaction effective January 1, 2022. The transaction is expected to be completed in Q1 2024. The estimated total consideration comprising the purchase price, reimbursed expenditure, and escalation is approximately $880 million. Completion of the transaction is subject to conditions precedent, including Foreign Investment Review Board approval, National Offshore Petroleum Titles Administrator approvals, and Western Australian government approvals. As part of the broader strategic relationship, Woodside and LNG Japan have entered into a non-binding head of agreement for the sale and purchase of 12 LNG cargoes per year for 10 years commencing in 2026. Woodside has also entered into non-binding agreements to collaborate with Sumitomo Corporation and Sajits Corporation on global opportunities and new energy, which could include ammonia, hydrogen, carbon capture and storage, and carbon management technology. Following completion, Woodside will remain operator and hold a 90% interest in the Scarborough joint venture. Scarborough gas will be processed at the Pluto LNG facility, where Woodside is currently constructing Pluto Train 2. Woodside is also operator of the Pluto Train 2 joint venture and holds a 51% participating interest. The support of LNG Japan is testament to the quality of the Scarborough project, said Woodside CEO Meg O'Neill. It also underscores the ongoing demand from Japanese buyers for new supplies of gas and the role of gas in supporting Japan's energy security. Our new energy agreements with Sumitomo and Sojits provide further opportunities for us to work closely together on our shared decarbonization and energy security ambitions. Scarborough will be an important source of gas for both the Western Australian and international markets, supporting domestic jobs and providing taxation revenue for state and federal governments. We look forward to working with LNG Japan to deliver this world-class project. We are very pleased to join the Scarborough joint venture and are looking forward to finalizing the LNG Optic Agreement and exploring business opportunities in the new energy sector, said LNG Japan CEO Kayo Onojimo. The Scarborough joint venture comprises the Scarborough Field and Associated Offshore and Subsea Infrastructure. The Scarborough Field is located approximately 233 miles off the coast of Western Australia and the reservoir contains less than 0.1% carbon dioxide. The Scarborough project will include the installation of a floating production unit with eight wells drilled in the initial phase and 13 wells drilled over the life of the Scarborough field. The gas will be transported for processing at Pluto LNG through a new 267-mile line. The final investment decision was made in November 2021, and first LNG cargo is targeted for 2026. ExxonMobil buys carbon capture company Denbury. $4.9 billion acquisition grows its low-carbon solutions business by Daniel Filber. The carbon capture, utilization, and storage industry is experiencing a surge in growth as operators look for near-term solutions to mitigate emissions. Rising carbon credit prices are also making it more affordable for companies to integrate capture solutions into existing industrial applications. It's a perfect storm for growing a CCUS industry. ExxonMobil has been investing in CCUS for decades, mainly for capturing carbon dioxide and using it for enhanced oil recovery. However, ExxonMobil's environmental, social, and governance goals, paired with an industry that has become far more scalable and profitable, is taking its CCUS investments to new heights. In mid-July, ExxonMobil entered into a definitive agreement to acquire Denbury, a developer of CCUS solutions and enhanced oil recovery. 
The acquisition is a perfect fit for ExxonMobil, which has a sizable CCUS portfolio and is known for investing within the oil and gas industry to lower its carbon footprint instead of aggressively targeting renewable energy projects like many of its peers. The acquisition is an all-stock transaction valued at $4.9 billion or $89.45 per share based on ExxonMobil's closing price on July 12, 2023. Under the terms of the agreement, Denbury shareholders will receive 0.84 shares of ExxonMobil for each Denbury share. Acquiring Denbury reflects our determination to profitably grow our low-carbon solutions business by serving a range of hard-to-decarbonize industries with a comprehensive CCUS offering, said Darren Woods, ExxonMobil Chair and CEO. The breadth of Denbury's network, when added to ExxonMobil's decades of experience and capabilities in CCUS, gives us the opportunity to play an even greater role in a thoughtful energy transition as we continue to deliver on our commitment to provide the world with the vital energy and products it needs. ExxonMobil said the transaction synergies are expected to drive strong growth and returns. The crown jewel of the acquisition is the largest owned and operated CO2 pipeline network in the United States. The network consists of 1,300 miles of pipe, including nearly 925 miles of CO2 pipelines in Louisiana, Texas, and Mississippi. The pipeline network traverses one of the largest CO2 markets in North America due to a concentration of upstream, midstream, and downstream oil and gas industry assets. The region is also home to 10 onshore sequestration sites, giving it a unique blend of market exposure and existing infrastructure. In the short term, the acquisition boosts ExxonMobil's CCUS deployment. However, it also serves as another tool the company can use to grow other low-carbon value chains, such as hydrogen, ammonia, biofuels, and direct air capture. This transaction is a compelling opportunity for Denbury to join an admired global energy leader with a low-carbon focus, robust balance sheet, and a leading shareholder return program, said Chris Kendall, Denbury's president and CEO. Over the last few years, Denbury has made significant progress executing our strategic plan, strengthening our enhanced oil recovery operations, and capitalizing on our unrivaled infrastructure to accelerate the growth of our CO2 transportation and storage business. To build even further on this positive momentum, the Denbury Board of Directors and Management Team undertook a thorough review process and considered alternatives to maximize long-term value. Through this process, it became clear the transaction with ExxonMobil is in the best interest of our company, our shareholders, and all Denbury stakeholders. Given the significant capital and years of work required to fully develop our CO2 business, ExxonMobil is the ideal partner with extensive resources and capabilities. The all-equity consideration will allow Denbury shareholders to participate in the upside of ExxonMobil stock while benefiting from its strong capital return strategy. The acquisition includes Denbury's Gulf Coast and Rocky Mountain oil and natural gas operations, which consist of proved reserves totaling more than 200 million barrels of oil equivalent and production of 47,000 BOE per day. These assets will contribute to ExxonMobil's cash flow and serve as a market for CO2 offtake. Denbury's advantage CO2 infrastructure provides significant opportunities to expand and accelerate ExxonMobil's low-carbon leadership across our Gulf Coast value chains, said Dan Amon, president of ExxonMobil Low Carbon Solutions. Once fully developed and optimized, this combination of assets and capabilities has the potential to profitably reduce emissions by more than 110 million tons per year in one of the highest emitting regions in the United States. ExxonMobil said that the boards of directors of both companies have unanimously approved the transaction, which is subject to customary regulatory reviews and approvals. It is also subject to approval by Denbury shareholders. The transaction is expected to close in Q4 2023. Challenging the status quo, new compressor technologies venture acquires Revac sets out to renew after-sales segment. 
by Brent Haight. Vincent Volpe, former CEO of Dresser Rand and private equity firm Blue Water, have launched a new venture targeting the gas compression and rotating equipment aftermarket. Fox Innovation and Technologies, or FIT, will be led by Volpe as CEO and a leadership team with more than 600 years of combined experience in high-speed rotating equipment. FIT will target the after-sales segment, bringing improvements and modifications to existing compressors and turbines in order to improve efficiency and reduce operating costs of legacy equipment. Our goal is to decarbonize industrial processes, said John Staley, Vice President and General Manager of FIT subsidiary Fox Rotating Equipment Solutions. It's a simple concept, actually. By increasing the efficiency of the rotating equipment, we reduce the energy consumption necessary to operate it, therefore reducing the greenhouse gas emissions that result. FoxRes was formed in October 2022 by Volpe, Staley, Mark Kuzdale, Vice President of Research and Development, and Steve Nove, Vice President of Engineering. Headquartered in Leon, New York, FoxRes provides engineered solutions and a revamp business for rotating equipment. At FoxRes, we are proud to have a team of industry veterans with extensive knowledge and experience in rotating equipment and processes, said Staley. With two PhDs and numerous seasoned engineers on staff, our team is well-equipped to provide innovative solutions to complex engineering challenges. In addition, our extended FoxRes network consists of professionals who have also contributed significantly to the field through the publication of more than 100 technical papers and the holding of more than 80 patents. Right now, FoxRes is deep into the development of our own centrifugal compressor product line. Without building new units, FoxRes is geared specifically for engineered solutions and revamps. The plan is to be totally OEM agnostic, building equipment that could be installed in any legacy compressors that are out there, regardless of the vintage and original manufacturer. Enter FIT. FIT was formed in 2023 to be in charge of future acquisitions, as well as to be the parent company of FoxRes and Foxcom, which provides temporary mobile communication solutions for capital and turnaround projects. The first acquisition came in July 2023 with the purchase of Texas-based Revac Keen Turbo Machinery. Founded in 1981, Revac has an ISO 9001 certified facility and specializes in remanufacturing, upgrading, and re-rating steam turbines, pumps, gears, compressors, and complete steam turbine systems for industrial and energy sector customers. Revac is an acquisition of the entire business, said Staley. The benefits we bring to Revac are twofold. First, we bring deep engineering and technical skills. If a client has a particularly complicated issue at a job site, we can bring a lot more engineering resources to bear on that problem. We also bring the engineered solutions business to the table. In the past, if Revac was at the site doing a turnaround and the discussion turned toward the performance of the compressor, there wasn't much they could do to impact that in terms of redesign. Included in the acquisition is Revac's 350,000 square foot facility in Houston, which provides a strategic presence and manufacturing base where FIT can grow by leveraging its engineering workshop and field service capabilities. Having 350,000 square feet is large for a typical repair center. Revac also does a lot of equipment storage for clients who don't have the space at their own sites, said Staley. Since we don't have a manufacturing site in Oleon to produce our new revamps, the plan is to convert a section of the Revac facility into a revamp manufacturing cell. In addition to the floor space, Revac also has the existing personnel who can run machine tools, balance rotors, assemble components, and so forth. We will leverage all the infrastructure that exists at Revac. New technology. FIT has developed a proprietary technology and design approach to produce impellers in the associated gas flow path that focuses on optimizing and maximizing the efficiency and operating range of in-service equipment and mitigating performance degradation due to common variances in operating conditions or new processes introduced over the life of a gas field. 
FIT's concept is to produce a cartridge that can fit in any OEM's existing compressor casing with a simple bespoke design process using internal detail criteria sources from end-user clients' files. With the acquisition of Revac, FIT now has the capabilities to do its own design work and manufacture the cartridge to be inserted in the existing casing when the equipment is made available during planned turnaround and maintenance periods. We're talking about centrifugal compressors here, said Staley. We are developing our own compressor stages, which consists of the rotating impeller and then the stationary components that make up a stage of compression in a multi-stage compressor. We are developing these impellers and these stages from a clean sheet of paper using today's state-of-the-art technology and tools. We are designing and developing the impellers using computational fluid dynamics analysis, finite element analysis, and all the tools available to us. We are developing our own performance prediction programs, and we will develop an analytical model of that impeller. We've got at least three prototype impellers being manufactured as we speak. In addition, we are in the process of building a single-stage test rig. Once the test rig is built, we will run development testing and validation testing on many different prototypes within each family. Staley continued, by family, I mean the flow coefficient of impellers. Within this flow coefficient, we are going to run several different variations of the impeller design that serve the operating envelope of the impeller. This will allow us a full picture of the performance of that family across the range of flow coefficients. Our testing program will last about 24 months. According to Staley, testing should commence in Q4 of this year. We're already talking to customers about potential partnerships and agreements to overhaul not just a singular compressor, but fleets of older compressors, said Staley. We can improve operating efficiency with today's technology. There are a lot of compressors in service today that no longer operate at their peak efficiency because the process has changed. If you're offshore, for example, the properties have changed significantly. The pressure has declined over the years. The compressor was originally designed to operate at point X, but it really needs to be operating at point Y today because all the inlet conditions are different. We can improve efficiency by matching the compressor design to the current conditions along with providing the latest technology. The double benefits there are that the end user reduces operating costs and lowers greenhouse gas emissions. And because we're going to go with a cartridge design, the rotor bundle in a cartridge can be swapped out with the current operating hardware. You open the compressor case during the scheduled turnaround, so there's no additional downtime. During some planned turnaround, we open the compressor, we take out the legacy components, and we put in the new and improved components, continued Staley. And that's where Revac will come in because they'll be there to assist through the whole process, whether it's through field service or additional parts that may be required as part of the turnaround. It provides a nice suite of services for the client. Looking ahead, Staley said the acquisition of Revac is the first deal and was expected to be a busy 12 months in terms of acquisitions. FIT's leadership team has already identified potential acquisition targets as it looks to build an international scale platform to take on the after-sales rotating equipment and compressor market. Hydrogen Report Germany doubles 2030 green hydrogen production target. Germany sets sights on becoming global leader in hydrogen technologies by Daniel Felber. Germany made a splash in 2020 when it unveiled its now famous national hydrogen strategy. NHS checks all the boxes for Germany energy policy by increasing the role of clean energy in domestic production and by boosting the economy by creating jobs and economic growth. However, the NHS came before Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In the short term, Germany's energy policy is centered around security, which has opened the door to a rapid increase in liquefied natural gas imports. Germany's Federal Ministry for Economic Affairs and Climate Action estimates the country will import a staggering 26.83 MT of LNG in 2024. Some analysts have Germany exceeding 70 MT of LNG imports by 2030. 
Less than 18 months after Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Germany commissioned five floating storage regasification units for a total regasification capacity of 23.8 mTPA. LNG is a solution that works right now and is the obvious choice to supplement the gas that Germany used to get from Russia. However, Germany has made it clear that it wants to rely less on energy imports in general. In this vein, LNG makes Germany even more of a net importer of energy while also pushing it further away from its goal to be climate neutral by 2045. To help tip the balance in the right long-term direction, Germany is doubling its 2030 green hydrogen production target from 5 gigawatts to 10 gigawatts. It forecasts consumption to exceed this production level, so hydrogen imports will also be needed. To support the hydrogen economy, Germany is constructing 1,118 miles of converted and newly built hydrogen pipelines by 2027 to 2028. The pipelines will be a part of a 2,796-mile network across Europe, known as the European Hydrogen Backbone, that will be paid for by European Union funds. One-third of the European Hydrogen Backbone will be new hydrogen pipelines, while the other two-thirds will be natural gas pipelines converted to hydrogen pipelines. Producing hydrogen is a challenge in and of itself. Arguably, the harder objective is to convince German industries to buy into the hydrogen economy. In its updated NHS, Germany outlines key applications across major industries, such as commercial vehicles, air, ship traffic, power generation, the industrial sector, chemical industry, steel industry, and the heating industry. One way Germany plans to boost nationwide buy-in is by funding hydrogen technologies, namely electrolyzers and fuel cell technology. If Germany is producing the most hydrogen of any country in Europe, while also acting as the epicenter of manufacturing and technological prowess, then it stands a good chance of being the continent's leader in hydrogen. The updated NHS consists of four fields of action, hydrogen ability. In addition to doubling its green hydrogen target, Germany increased its estimated total hydrogen demand by the year 2030 from a prior goal of 40 terawatt hours to 75 terawatt hours, to the new goal of 95 terawatt hours to 130 terawatt hours. Germany said it has about 55 terawatt hours of existing gray hydrogen production. Unlike blue hydrogen, which is produced from natural gas and implements carbon capture, gray hydrogen is produced from coal or natural gas without carbon capture. Shifting the focus away from gray hydrogen toward blue hydrogen and green hydrogen lowers the environmental impact of the industry while also localizing production, simplifying the value chain, and shortening transportation routes, among other benefits. One of the key updates to the NHS is the addition of new ways to produce green hydrogen. Offshore electrolysis, namely from offshore wind, is expected to contribute 1 gigawatt of the 10 gigawatt green hydrogen production goal. The NHS update specified the importance of making sure that production and storage of green hydrogen is a unified effort so the overall system limits the impact on the environment and is as economical and practical as possible. By intelligently interlocking electrolysis with the electricity system and the transport and storage infrastructure for hydrogen, we gain an important flexibility option for the energy transition and limit the need to expand the electricity grid, said a translated version of the NHS update. Adequate temporal correlation between the generation of renewable and available energies and electricity consumption, as well as electrolysis sites close to the production site, ensure efficient integration of renewable energies and support of electricity system. Hydrogen Infrastructure Hydrogen infrastructure plans center around the European hydrogen backbone network. On top of that, there's a need for hydrogen storage facilities, hydrogen refueling stations for everything from heavy goods traffic to hydrogen buses, hydrogen facilities at ports for the shipping industry, and more. The sheer volume of hydrogen infrastructure that Germany expects to roll out by 2030 is jaw-dropping. If it pulls it off, 
it will represent one of the most dramatic energy evolutions in European history. The updated NHS discusses several risks that could derail plans. The biggest is simply the investment cycle. Hydrogen has a lot of potential. At the end of the day, it's a growth industry that is highly vulnerable to the strength of the German economy and the overall global market cycle. A recession would greatly impact the fledgling hydrogen economy as companies and investors tend to gravitate toward proven solutions during periods of uncertainty, whereas during an economic boom, there's more optimism to take risks and think ultra long term. The goal of the NHS is to provide a sizable amount of support to build out hydrogen infrastructure, even if there's an economic downturn. To do that, Germany has laid out a series of short-term measures for 2023 and then medium-term measures for 2024 and 2025. The main measure is normalizing the supply and application of hydrogen through updated policy by the Federal Network Agency. Germany will also have to work with several of its government agencies and programs to ensure that the hydrogen economy is safe and standardized. The European Hydrogen Backbone Network will connect the German hydrogen economy to as many other countries as possible. Production hubs are planned for Central Europe, Scandinavia, and Eastern Europe, with import hubs throughout Western Europe. There are also medium-term plans in place to connect North Africa to the European hydrogen economy through France, Spain, and Portugal, or through Austria and then on to Italy. Germany said that its talks with Norway and Denmark are the most advanced, which makes sense given the cooperation and economic overlap. It's also likely that the bulk of offshore wind electrolysis would be a joint effort between Germany and its neighbors to the north, and would likely center around the North Sea and its thriving offshore wind industry. Hydrogen Applications The updated NHS forecasts 290 terawatt-hours to 440 terawatt-hours of hydrogen demand for industry by 2045. To get there, Germany believes it not only needs to help fund hydrogen production and infrastructure, but also support hydrogen applications with subsidies and marketing. The updated NHS includes various short-term funding measures that bank on the competitiveness of Germany as an industrial and business location. Germany also believes that strong marketing campaigns will boost interest in green hydrogen, which would reduce the need for subsidies down the road. The strategy recognizes that this is a new industry and needs marketing support, but that the sooner the industry can be self-reliant, the better it will be from a cost standpoint. Effective Framework Conditions The fourth field of action in the updated NHS discusses planning and approval procedures, including shortening the approval process and simplifying regulatory and legislative framework. It also admits there needs to be new suitability standards and certification systems for Germany, with the bigger goal of making these standards and systems as consistent as possible throughout Europe. Aside from the regulatory portion of the equation, Germany wants to create a framework for improving the research, innovation, and education of its hydrogen workforce so that it emerges as the clear leader in a growing industry. Domestic training programs will serve a purpose, but Germany also wants to make sure it is cooperating with other countries as much as possible to ensure the industry progresses on a unified front, which will help the functionality of the value chain. Germany is making a statement. Germany's updated NHS provides a bright green light for the hydrogen economy. By pegging hydrogen as the ultimate cross-section of environmental stewardship and economic growth, Germany is putting a priority on energy independence and is sending a clear message that it wants to be more in control of its energy mix. However, the importance of the European Hydrogen Backbone Network and Germany's detailed plans to import a great deal of hydrogen indicate the importance of cooperation if the hydrogen economy is going to succeed. Government policy, standardization, permitting, and other factors are important for making the hydrogen economy investable and to spark adoption. However, Germany is also depending heavily on technological improvements regarding electrolysis and hydrogen fuel cells, timely execution by operators, and responsible investing. Legacy energy and industrial companies will also play a pivotal role 
since the hydrogen economy requires an all-in revamp of existing infrastructure and processes. It's a long road to get to Germany's 2030 goals, and an even longer one to get to climate neutrality by 2045. Germany's updated NHS shows that it is doubling down on the hydrogen economy, is doing an excellent job of addressing all the moving parts, and is taking a particularly heightened interest in green hydrogen. Chenier and ENN signed 20-year LNG SPA. The SPL expansion project is being developed to include up to three natural gas liquefaction trains with a 20 MTPA LNG production capacity by Walter E. von Rees. Chenier Energy announced that Chenier's subsidiary, Chenier Marketing, entered a long-term liquefied natural gas sale and purchase agreement with ENN LNG Singapore, a wholly owned subsidiary of ENN Natural Gas. Under the SPA, ENN has agreed to purchase approximately 1.8 MTPA of LNG from Chenier Marketing on a free onboard basis for a purchase price indexed to the Henry Hub price, plus a fixed liquefaction fee. Deliveries will commence in mid-2026, ramping up to 0.9 MTPA in 2027. Delivery of the remaining 0.9 MTPA is subject to a positive final investment decision with respect to the first train, Train 7 of the Sabine Pass Liquefaction Expansion Project, which will commence upon the start of commercial operations of Train 7. The term of the SPA extends into the 20th anniversary of the start of commercial operations of Train 7. We are pleased to build on our existing long-term relationship with ENN with this 20-plus year agreement signed today, said Jack Fusco, Chenier's president and CEO. This SPA further supports China's structural shift to natural gas as a growing primary energy source powering its economy while enabling improved environmental performance with a flexible, reliable, and clean LNG. This SPA accelerates Chenier's commercial momentum on the SPL expansion, demonstrating the market's need for additional LNG capacity and the value of Chenier's unique capability to tailor long-term solutions for customers worldwide. This is the second long-term SPA signed between ENN and Chenier Marketing. The long-term SPA signed in October 2021 initiated the first LNG cooperation between the two parties. At present, China is moving forward with the implementation of carbon peaking and carbon neutrality, further accelerating the energy transformation, and China's natural gas market is full of potential, said Wang Yuzhou, board chair at ENN Natural Gas. Chenier's stable LNG production and supply capacity are highly compatible with China's fast-growing natural gas market. The signing of this long-term SPA contributes to ENN Natural Gas's establishment of an intelligent ecological operator in the field provides customers with quality services and resources, and promotes the low-carbon transformation and upgrade of all industries. The SPL expansion is being developed to include up to three natural gas liquefaction trains with an expected total production capacity of approximately 20 MTPA of LNG. In May 2023, certain subsidiaries of Chenier Energy Partners entered the pre-filing review process with respect to the SPL expansion with the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission under the National Environmental Policy Act. Thanks for listening to the September 2023 edition of GCM on the Go. This episode is sponsored by Vanguard Renewables. Beginning in June, AstraZeneca began purchasing renewable natural gas produced by Vanguard Renewables for its Newark campus in Delaware. By 2026, the collaboration will enable the delivery of RNG, resulting in as much as 650,000 MMBTU per year of RNG to be used across AstraZeneca's U.S. sites, equivalent to the energy required to heat more than 17,800 U.S. homes for a year. Vanguard Renewables collects and recycles waste from food and beverage manufacturers, distributors, and retailers and transforms it into renewable energy. 
Vanguard Renewables accepts, depackages, and processes packaged food and beverage waste, offers manure and nutrient management solutions, and provides utilities, businesses, and other clean energy buyers with zero emission renewable natural gas. To learn how your company can decarbonize its thermal load, visit www.vanguardrenewables.com solutions. This episode is also sponsored by Ultimate Chemicals. Ultimate Chemicals is the number one chemical and services resource for natural gas compression. Based in Moore, Oklahoma, Ultimate Chemicals produces its products right here in the U.S. The company offers a wide range of products specifically designed for the natural gas industry, including its renowned badass degreaser and the number one cooler cleaner, CC300. Ultimate Chemicals offers the most complete line of cooling system flushes. Ultimate Chemicals has the first and only online store featuring all their products for sale directly from ultimatechemicals.com in sizes ranging from one gallon to a 250 gallon tote. Ultimate Chemicals provides several on-site and in-place services for external fin fans, internal chemical circulation, and a variety of custom formulated chemical circulations for natural gas pipelines and gas plants. Visit ultimatechemicals.com to learn how Ultimate Chemicals can get your coolers clean while saving you time and money. That's ultimatechemicals.com. This episode is also sponsored by Chart Industries. Chart Industries is a leading manufacturer of highly engineered equipment servicing multiple applications in the clean energy and industrial gas markets. The strategic combination of Chart and Howden expands the company's offering of products and solutions across the nexus of clean, clean power, clean water, clean food, and clean industrials, allowing Chart to be a one-stop shop for its global customer base. By creating a single point of contact for customers and taking a backward and forward look to integrate across the value chain, Chart is eliminating duplication, simplifying processes, and enabling customer success. To learn more, visit www.chartindustries.com. GCM on the Go is produced by Third Coast Publishing Group. Music by Emergency Cheese. I'm Danny Felber. Hi, I'm Brent, a producer of GCM on the Go. If you made it this far into the podcast, first and foremost, thank you. We appreciate you listening to the show. Second, be sure to check out Gas Compression Magazine. There's so much more than what you hear in this podcast. Feature articles contain detailed images, charts, tables, maps, and other visuals that they just don't translate to this format. You don't want to miss them. In addition, each issue of Gas Compression Magazine includes monthly columns like contracts and permits, machinery in motion, reliable compression, what went wrong, mergers and markets, hate report, in the news, and so much more. If you've not already done so, be sure to subscribe to the magazine. Not only will you get monthly delivery of Gas Compression Magazine for free, but you can also sign up to get our twice-monthly digital newsletter, receive free access to the GCM Resource Center, and tons of other benefits that come with subscribing. Print, digital, or both, it's always free to subscribe to Gas Compression Magazine. Visit www.gascompressionmagazine.com to learn more and to sign up.